Let's get it. Me, my guys, we really lie. Lord, forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. And that's in a console. Keep the semi when I ride. Let off Henny when I drive. In the city, we gon' slide. Bet I be there pronto. What's going on, Top Nation? It's your girl, Toya G. Happy to be with y'all again on another Monday night. Believe it or not, it's the 11th. Oh, nope, it's not a Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. look, no. Nope. <laughs> That's real. Uh, be with y'all another week, um, regardless of what day of the week it is. It is the 11th. And we out back. Of, yeah, it's the 11th out of 12, 12 months in the year of 2021. So just like that, we on the way up out of this thing, Coming man. It's moving um, but y'all been rocking with us week after week, and you know we appreciate that. So shout out to y'all for pulling in. If y'all coming in the comments, don't just say what's up. Thank y'all for saying what's up, but tell us where you from. Represent your hood. Represent your clique. Represent. Hey, your shout hood. out to my mama. I see she in the comment section. Yeah, shout, shout out, shout out to my mama, man. We love it when mamas pull up. But speaking of your mama, who's yeah. the child? Who's the child of the mama? Who else we with? Shika son. Yeah. <laughs> Who the child? <laughs> hey, you know, hey. <laughs> Hey, 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 you know what? We're gonna switch it up, man. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna switch it up. Hey, first name conscious, last name Lee, the consciouslee.com coming soon. But you know, we still got georgelee.com if you, you know what I'm saying, looking to still tap in with me into that new website can come up. But yeah, y'all know what time it is. Education is elevation. Stay sucker free with Atlanta Lollipops. Research over me search. We got some juicy conversations for y'all tonight, man. That's what's up. Hey, I don't have any cool catchphrases yet. My shit coming is on the way. I'm, you know, what I'm saying I'm in, I'm in the lab. Uh, but it's Damo, the political plug. You know what I mean, just bringing uh, some of that balance, some of that beautiful energy. You know, what I mean, I'm happy to be back. I miss these beautiful people. Uh, so yeah, we here. Hey, we love it. Uh, Austin, Texas, in the building. Alabama in the building, South Florida in the building, ATL in the building. Shout out to the East Coast. Yeah. All of y'all in the East Coast time zone. Like, we know that if you watch the chop up from the East Coast, y'all fuck with us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, and we got the chop up and chill shirts on the way. So, our East Coast folks, man, we y'all y'all holla at us, man, because y'all know nobody show us love like people on the East Coast. Yeah. Hey, hey, and too, everybody on TikTok right now, I'm about to get ready to hop off the TikTok live. But y'all going on and hop over, slide over to YouTube right now. You can go to the Chop Up Show on YouTube or the Conscious Lee on YouTube, and you'll be able to join this conversation, man. Y'all going on and slide over there right now. You feel me? I mean to cut you off right there, but definitely trying to. Hey, get the get the traffic over here. Uh, definitely want to get the show rolling though. We're gonna start off with a snapshot because we know a lot of things have been going on in the courthouse uh, and on the news cycle with this particular issue. So we're gonna let the uh, consciously go ahead and take it away with the snapshot. Yeah, man. So we know today the Kyle Rittenhouse case started. And for y'all that don't know, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse pretty much rose to fame, uh, unfortunately. Through Jacob Blake Jr. being shot in Wisconsin, and you know, um, after 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 he was shot, there was a lot of protests that happened. And um, Kyle Rittenhouse, a seventeen-year-old white man, crossed the state crossed state lines illegally. You feel me? With a you know firearm, you know what I'm saying? And you know, shot three people. Well, yeah, shot three people, killed two of them, and you know, maimed the other one. And uh, today, his trial started. Um, we know that before the trial started, the judges said that the uh, defense would not be able to refer to the people that Kyle Rittenhouse killed as victims, but they will be referred, be able to refer to them as looters and arsonists. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? If I believe it, you know what I'm saying? It's correct. Uh, my question to y'all, you know, uh, does the Kyle Rittenhouse sensationalizing, uh, like coming from the conservatives, like prove conservative contradictions or no? Nah? Like, does it prove that conservatives have this double standard way of looking at the law? Unpack that a little bit more. Right, like, for mean? me, I think like like for me, I think that it shows that if Kyle Rittenhouse was a black seventeen year old that crossed the state lines with a you know what I'm saying a assault rifle, and you feel me, killed somebody, and his gun was still smoking, and he crossed the path of the police. I think that he would have been shot on the spot, and they would have justified it. You feel me? So to me, I feel like it shows that it, it, you know, what I mean, there's some 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 double standards when it comes to the law. But I'm asking if I'm not, I'm trying to see if I'm the only one that feel that way. You feel me? So I'm curious, how do y'all see this 
Kyle Rittenhouse specifically when it comes to the law and how conservatives is kind of wrapping themselves around it. Um, go ahead, Paul. Well, I, I think it's a it's a question of policing. You know what I'm saying? Like the the law the the law is what it, the law is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like the law says what it says. It's a question of how to. And it's an echo. You got that echo. Uh, it's a question of like again how to police respond to them, how how the judge treats them. You feel me? And who said that is? Um, yeah, I, I don't hear no echo. I hear you. So it must be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you got it on your phone or something pulled up, George. Uh, I just, I just, I just went back uh, uh, live again on something else. So we're talking about Kyle Rittenhouse, but uh, yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm that's I'm, probably I'm, yeah. That's. Probably. But uh, but anyway, so the way I'm the way I'm looking at it is. This is more this is more so an example of it's not a question of the actions, but more so the individual. You feel me? Because in, in a lot of these instances, even because you know niggas get killed in instances where they don't commit crimes. You know what I mean? So it's all about how like the 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 people in control respond to particular individuals. You feel me? And so I think so when we talk about like that that the double standard, it's a question of what they're willing to justify. You know what I mean? So I, I, and, I, and I think that's even more kind of fucked up, you know what I mean, in a way to be like, as you, you look and see, um, all right, you got a judge that's willing to demonize people who can't even, like, who can't speak for themselves, right? Like, you calling them rioters and looters, it's okay to call them that, even though that might not be true. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's fully a question of, like, the politics at play. It's an example of, like, the, the real control that these people with this mentality have like over the court system. You know what I mean? Because there's, there's no checks and balances for that, right? That's something that's clearly politically leaning, but there's no way to push back and be like, okay, somebody, somebody got to step in and say, okay, that judge should be removed. Yeah. You know I mean, I mean, that's, that's clearly activism. I think that's the thing that I've been waiting on because of a couple of things. One as argumentation specialist. One of the things we know is that you have the responsibility of articulating the argument objectively, even if it has emotional or loaded implications. Right. You kind of paint that picture by contextualizing the impacts, if you will, and the bad things or the problematic things that can happen. But you should articulate your argument in as objective terms as possible. So as to allow your judge to allow the people who are interpreting the argument to do that work. Right. You kind of trust them to be smart enough to piece together that these people were looting or rioting or being criminals or whatever. But you don't blatantly say those types of things. And also, secondly, undermines completely the idea of innocent until proven guilty. So I'm just really trying to figure out, because if looting and rioting are being contextualized as crimes and you have people who have not either had been charged with those crimes or able to defend themselves against the accusations of committing crimes, then how do you just get to paint them as rioters and looters? And criminals, you have made them guilty in order to substantiate the innocence of somebody else, which seems like some double jeopardy type shit because they never got justice in the first way, and then their murderer is literally getting vindicated because of how you've explained who they are in the second breath, right? So it's really, I think that part is what messes me up in terms of what the plug just said. It's like, how are you doing law? How are yeah. you? I look at a lot of stuff and I just be like. If for the law, I say it is, and this is not just this. It's it's in a whole bunch of context or a whole bunch of situations. In a lot of ways, the judge has decided to make this decision. That and I'm like, why the fuck wasn't this decision in the first? Like, who? It is a clearly fucked up decision. I mean, but we look at people like Amy Coney Barrett, right? We look at people like uh, what's the other um, Supreme Court justice's name? Um, You know that we had Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, Kavanaugh, and we look at a lot of their and we they they got they had to elocute their forms of reasoning and the way that they judge certain situations. And we sitting there like, you should not be doing nobody's law. Yet they are then given the opportunity to do it anyway. So I think it's kind of, you know, par for the course, but surprising that yeah. these judges are even allowed to let this type of stuff happen. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's yeah. I mean, it's a complete, like, there's no impartiality there. Like, At all. none. You feel At me? All. And, I mean, because again, we can't understate the fact that the people that were killed are being criminalized. It's, it's, it's okay. It's okay to criminalize them. The people that were killed. Literally. It's okay to criminalize them by calling them looters. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That type of dehumanization is a perfect example of when we talk about privilege. 
You know what I mean? Uh, it's, 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 yeah, yeah. I think I said it wrong too. It wasn't arsonists. They were able to call them looters and rioters. Looters and rioters, yeah. Looters and rioters. And this is the thing, right? I, I feel like I feel like as much as people complained about Trump and as much as people was like, you know, Trump was good for this reason and he was good for this is the reason why he wasn't good. Like one in every seven federal judge is a Trump appointee. Like, like you got to think about that. Like outside of what we felt about his policies, whether or not he was racist or whatever, who did he empower in those in in, in like these judgeship type positions, right? Because then we we see that type of influence clearly being played out in in the bench. There's no impartiality. Mm-hmm. There's clearly a a this is a clear attempt to protect Kyle Rittenhouse in the in the court of public opinion. Because like on the flip side of that, the argument is that you know if if you able to call these people victims in the yeah. I mean, it, I mean, because this this is the argument people will make, right? If you like, if you able to call them victims automatically and just say that he killed, the, like, it's a way that he can be demonized in the press, and especially if 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 he got an issue with rioters, that is clearly a perception of the liberal media and the impact the media will have I mean, on. But I mean, I think it either has to be one way or another, right? Because we see what happens when black victims of crime end up being those victims and then their entire background gets strung out and paraded out for people to see. I either think it got to be one way or another, right? Either everybody gets a crispy, clean uh, representation of their image and we're not bringing up nobody's background and shit like that or bring up everybody's messed up past and characterize what they did all the different ways that you want to and let the court of public opinion decide, right? But that's what ends up being messed up. We do a lot of work to make and keep the images of white people who are part of crimes either as victims or as uh, um, or, or as perpetrators crispy clean and, not, and to make sure that there is no explanation for why they could have done what they did but there's a thousand explanations for why black yeah. people are doing the things that they do. And th- th- there's some symmetry between this conversation and the one about Arbery and I want to go back to these judges and their decisions and how they decide to frame things because the judge had to make a decision that a man who was proven to be out on a job, which is not a crime they had, he had to go to the extent of the judge I want to say they, I don't know if it was a man or a woman but had to go to the extent of saying that his past criminal history or anything he's ever done in the past was, past was not relevant to the case. Why does it take a judge for you to say somebody's past criminal history has little to nothing to do with what happened to them when they were on a job? The two are not related to one another. Why is there somebody who has to make the decision if that is the actual logical case about the situation? The, 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 the court of public opinion and the court of law have this weird, twisted relationship with each other where I, my, my whole point is to say Right. If the shit gets ends up being as sticky and as stupid as it is in the actual court of law because of what happens outside of the court of law, at least let it happen to be equal opportunity for everybody. Everybody deserves a trash ass in comparison. Or- See, I think of I think I think of the parallels when it comes to uh, what was it was her name uh, Makia Boy Makaya Boy. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And how so many Republicans was jumping out the gym and justify you feel me her death, saying that she should have been you know what I'm saying killed by the police because the person had a a, a, a chihuahua. And I'm looking and seeing that, you know what I'm saying, what's going on in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. It's like, hold on. So he's saying he defended himself and using an AK-47 with someone that had a plastic bag that had a toothbrush and a toothpaste and a poster. Hmm. So he can fear for his life and use deadly force with a whole, you feel me, assault rifle type shit. And the person yeah. that he's saying that he felt like he had, he felt like his life was imminent danger to was a person that had a plastic bag yeah, and a poster. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, the the thing is though, like when this 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 question about public opinion becomes difficult because in a lot of ways it's it's either how you you humanize somebody who did some horrific shit, you know what I'm saying, or you flip it and, and demonize the victim. So it's like if 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 you can alter the way somebody think about this individual, like like Joy said, like he was he was somebody who was fighting for his life against these people who were destroying a community. I mean, that's a whole defense tactic, right? Like the reason why, like there's a practice of bringing up somebody's uh, um, um, criminal criminal background they pass is primarily because it, it allows them to say, well, if this is how they moved in the past, then this is what we could, we could have predicted what they've done. You know what I'm saying? This is why it, it, it would have made sense in order for somebody to respond to them that way because they was a dangerous individual. You feel me? They was yeah. they 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 were criminal, and so like what 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 we're seeing is that 
this practice, this it, it's, it's not something that's that's unique to these individual cases. It's literally how cases are tried in the United States when it comes to black people. Right. The, yeah. the, the assumption yeah. of what it is that, that, that they're capable of and what they are willing to do is tied up in how we and how black people are criminalized. And if you can say that there was some point in your past, you can attach them to that type of act. Then whatever happened to them deserve was was deservedly so because they're that like they they can make something like that happen again type shit. Yeah, and, and uh, this comment right here from a uh, Cobra Commander said it's wild. He got celebrity status that's been promoted in the media, far right platformers. I'm honestly worried he's gonna get off and then you gonna see him going around on far right speeches. Not only do I agree with that, I actually had the opportunity and the privilege of speaking with uh, 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 the father of Jacob Blake. And I actually asked him the question about how he felt with Kyle Rittenhouse being able to kind of steal the the center stage after his son got shot seven times in front of his grandson. And you know what I'm saying? I left paralyzed. And I know we didn't talk about this during, uh, during our prep, but I actually got the clip. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, of me asking his his uh, uh, me asking. You know I ain't gonna play the clip, but. He did, you know what I'm saying, pretty much uh, just said. Y'all go uh, check it out. Y'all, if y'all go to uh, Conscious Conversations, on, uh, if y'all own George Lee Speaks, just go to the videos, Conscious Conversations. I think it's the last one, right? Like, yeah, I think it's the last episode. We didn't, we didn't do one didn't last week. Yeah, so. Taylor or Jacob Blake, and he'll come right up. But yeah. he pretty much said that he feel like, like uh, pretty much feel like all this is happening because he's Caucasian and his son is brown. And that, you know, they was able to raise $2 million to get him out of jail. And, you know, have the gall to be able to say one is justified in being shot by the other one is protected, you know what I'm saying, for doing shooting. You feel me? So, you know, she kind of went off, you know what I'm saying? But definitely a uh, big shout out to FamiliesUnited.com. That is the the daughter of Breonna Taylor. I mean, the, I mean, the niece of Breonna Taylor. I know the aunt of Breonna Taylor. The, aunt, yeah. the father of Jacob Blake's website where they uh, pretty much raising money to be able to go and you know, uh, pretty much support other families that are also experiencing police brutality. That is familyunited.com. And I think that when you go to the uh, 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 to the website, it is, I mean, uh, to, to my uh, conscious conversations episode, it'll pretty much say at the bottom of the ticker if I'm saying it incorrectly. But I think it's familyunited.com. Yeah, familyunited.com. Awesome. Well, um, a lot to be said about this case is still unfolding. This is day one of what will be probably a long, if not eventful, trial. Um, and hopefully he gets the time that he deserves, you know, um, regardless of the characterization, regardless of the side steps. You know, we hold our breath in these types of situations where there's something to be seen because, as we know, court cases set precedences, precedence, uh, precedence, precedence side. Who knows how to say that in the plural? But they yeah, said the and I said that name wrong, too. It's Makai Bryant, not Makai Boyd. Makai Bryant. Yes, uh, but they set the precedence and set the tone for other decisions made uh, made in these on the in these uh, environments and these institutions and uh, in these capacities. So we're gonna see what we're gonna see. But that's that. Next job. Next job. All right. So uh, I guess we're gonna call this one. We're gonna call this the culture chop. Uh, we want to call or, it the meta or, chop. or should it be the social media chop? Or the meta chop. The social let's let's call it the social media chop because that's we're not gonna get them we're not gonna let them take over our shit. No, no, yeah, 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 taking over our brain. And we already had the social media chop banner up. Um because of course uh we are broadcasting on Facebook uh as well as YouTube everywhere else, but um a lot of what we do is on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, and so we're a part of a lot of a lot of the chop up show and what we do is a part of the uh under the Facebook umbrella. But what we've seen recently is that Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg are pushing to evolve your social media experience uh, by introducing this new uh, VR approach to social media called Meta. Uh, essentially, I'm gonna try to what it is... I'm going to try to catch it. <laughs> what's it called? <laughs> Uh, all right, we'll go with the back. Facebook is now introducing a VR social media experience entitled Meta. Uh, what <laughs> what Mark Zuckerberg described Meta as uh, was it was a a really a interconnected virtual experience that was similar to turning your uh, news feed 
into your living room. You hear it? You instead of like logging into your phone and like seeing people's statuses, you put on a headset and you went into your news feed sure. and actually talked to people about how they felt and had entire conversations and literally shared pictures via hand. Like literally, I'm picking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They could show up in your living room. In the matrix. Y'all can't see my face if y'all up. listening to this, but <laughs> it is, I'm disgusted by the thought. But go ahead. Uh, you could show up in theirs. So there was this, there is this this entirely new approach to social media that, that Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook is trying to push that centered around um virtual and augmented reality so virtual reality is when you put in a headset um and like you see and move just everything in front of you but augmented reality is when there is a interaction with your uh virtual user interface and the real world in front of you you know what i'm saying so if anybody is familiar with uh pokemon go and in that in that craze um, when the Pokemon was right there in front of you, you feel me? Like that was that was augmented AR, augmented reality. So they they took the camera was able to project a, a image that you could interact with on your phone type shit. So through virtual reality and augmented reality, Facebook is trying to bring your entire social media experience into your like like for real for real, like some really some uh, futuristic sci-fi scary shit. Um, which the term meta actually has a connection to. But we're going to get to that anyway uh, when we talk to George and get to that part of the conversation. But um, I do want to start this off with the way I, I want to do it, because because the way we talked about it is we all have very interesting um, avenues and ways to go with this. And I want to start with Toya, your initial reactions. Like when you seen and heard about all the shit, um, and then I want to go into what, what what we discussed in terms of like that interconnectedness and that conversation. Um, so first, boom, Meta. How'd you? <laughs> how was you feeling? Well, okay. My first response to Meta was um, that it is too much. And my concern, and it was anxiety-inducing, and part of the reason why it was too much is that it does. It's very involved, and it's over-integrationist, and it's trying to take some shit that I'm happy that I can take this and be like, no more. And now it is necessitating that that place that I'm already doing a lot of business and stuff on and handling this and that is just even more invasive to my real life. And here's where I struggle a lot, is that y'all, as a, as a 32-year-old millennial who... Um, tries to pride myself in staying up and staying in the know. Staying in the know, I feel like in a lot of ways I'm being left behind. Um, now the 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 language, the the term for that, I don't know what what you can accredit this term to, but I learned it in my discipline, communication studies, is being a luddite, right, or being kind of the last to uh, engage in the trends and even resistant to engaging in the trends that you know are out there and popular. The what the term luddite is really weird. It's like L U D D I T E or whatever. But um, I find myself, and so I'm, 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 I'm turning into the curmudgeon that I never thought I'd be, and I'm doing it. Jesus, early. okay, you know? we know what you got your degree in, Ladite, curmudgeon. Come on, dog. <laughs> work with us, dog. Like we, we, you got your masters in in talk in talking. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to do anything besides <laughs> sound like myself when I speak. Uh, but that's fine. <laughs> I feel like an old lady. I feel like an old lady and like I'm aging myself because a lot of don't do me, Dominique. This social media out here is overwhelming. It's overwhelming. And I say this to say, bro, I feel like I'm about to get left behind. But I feel like if I want to stay ahead and stay with shit and stay current and relevant, like one thing you can't afford to do is sleep on technology. You know what I'm saying? So it is a weird, complicated feeling, and, and 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 the whole reason, my whole take on this conversation, now that I've contextualized it and been lambasted and accosted for doing so, thank you, Dominique, I'll continue to use my, yeah, my, my, my <laughs> words, um, is that 
it's too much. It's oversaturation. I, I saw an article today and um, it was just a screenshot on Instagram, but the name of the article, the title of the article, which I think we should all read is by Michelle Goldberg. And it is, we should all know less about each other. And I was like, amen, Jesus. And it was just a screenshot of the title of the article. And I think the context for it says on the internet, exposure to people unlike us often make us hate them. So clearly it, it, it talks about how just knowing too much about people actually creates an antagonism toward them. It hates you. It makes you not want to like them in real life or be around them. And I feel like that is so true. And that things like meta are only going to open up that opportunity and make it even more real to me. Because at first I can scroll past you. I can silence you. I can not watch your video. I can unfollow. I can do all types of shit. I feel like any more attempts to make us integrated is going to force it back into my forefront and into my plane in ways that I don't want to see no more. So it's just too much. Last word I'll use is I am currently overly inundated with the news and information about other people's lives and it perturbs me in a way. Perturbs. Um, yes. Uh, and, all right, now, now you're now you're becoming gratuitous. <laughs> right? Let's do that. <laughs> I'm done talking to you. But yeah, right. it's too much. Right. Okay. Okay. The 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 knowing too much about each other. I I, I agree. I agree. Because I, I think it's I think it, it makes it easier for us to identify things in people we don't like and, and, and hyper focus on those things. It also forces you into like, I don't want to be in a room with you. It undermines the purpose of social media. I don't want to be in a room with you. I want to feel free <laughs> from having to feel the proximity. And some of these, you know, the way that I get to see the little red notification just be there and I'll be like, when I feel like it. When I am ready in anything that allows for you to like, and I'm sure there will be measures that don't allow people to just be all intrusive on up in your shit, but the realer and more tactile yeah. make it feel, it just will always feel like too much. I'm the person who don't want to talk on the phone with you. I definitely don't want to go in a digital space with you and sit in there and be like, hey, how you doing? How do you feel? Why you feel like that? Oh, well, it, like I'm not and you, and you know what? Tell you what you what you what you speaking to actually kind of like I have a I have it and it's probably you know what I'm saying some papers out there that kind of confirm the theory that I have is that like on social media people are worse people definitely, like for real definitely, definitely. Like, they over identify with they with, with all of they ugliness so all of the shit they embarrassed to do it wouldn't do regularly they do extra on the internet so it's right. just like what does that mean in metaverse. But and so, and, but and, but I think that so because people are worse people, like for example, um, Microsoft Microsoft created a uh, oh yeah like like the concept of trolls where that came from. Even though trolls probably go back, it's probably motherfuckers that was trolling in ancient ways. We could probably pull up an article of ancient ways that niggas was trolling back in the day. But for, but for today though, like the reason why we know. That social media like represents the worst of us as a people is Microsoft created an AI some years back that took just a bunch of just went just went through what was trending on Twitter and created a personality based around what was trending on Twitter. And and like after a while, like not that long of a time, it just became racist, sexist. <laughs> like it just became a terrible person. Yeah. Right. Like this whole, like this whole, this this AI. All it did was learn from shit that was trending on Twitter, and it became racist, sexist. But I think it was gay. You know what I'm saying? It was it was weird, right? Like it was this. It created this whole personality that was just like, damn. Like this is if 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 all somebody did was learn from social media, they would be a fucked up individual. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so. Like the reason why we like the reason why I, I think that is is because it's like there's a comfort there's a there's a comfortability that we shouldn't fucking have. Like when it comes to that interconnectedness, like yeah. I believe that we we are actually like we're we're meanest, we're rudest, and I be telling my wife this all the time to the people that we closest to. You know what I'm saying? Like the people that we we got the most love for, they get the worst us. Because <laughs> like we know because they, they're because we know that they're gonna be there. Huh. You know what I'm saying? It's something it's something that I'm cognizant of. But like that's how when people talk talk about like take it like like they felt like somebody took them for granted. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know I mean, it's like when you have that idea that somebody's going to be there. Yeah, you know I mean, like you you do you don't you don't work as hard. Like you don't you don't feel like you have to because like I got them, they're there. Yeah, you know I mean, and so it's it's like that. Like, that I mean, no, but that's why. But that's something I check about myself. That's why I make sure that like I'm I'm kind. You know what I mean? Like I'm. I, I I work to be that, knowing that like it's easy for me to fall into a habit of just talking shit. I don't need to. 
know what I'm saying? I'm working on a I'm working on a relationship book. Y'all don't worry about it. But it's it's a, it's a level of comfortability that people have with with social media that just allows them to let that the ugly them out and it be normalized. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's it's it if we increase that type of relationship, it's not about to be motherfuckers kicking and playing made up weird board games on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be it's gonna be hate rallies and hate speeches. Tell me if y'all feel it how y'all feel about this other side of it too. Cause even outside of the negativity of Facebook or meta. Um, and what it does and provides. I feel like all these social media platforms take the fun and anticipate that of like some major shit we were told we were going to have like in life. So like reunions, pointless, kind of take phased out the need and desire for them. Like they were already kind of contentious people. Like I'm not going to this reunion or that reunion. I hate these people. I hated high school, whatever. But for some, I know for me, for us, even like in pop culture, it was like a big deal to go to your whatever reunion. But I feel like it takes out like when I when I think about knowing too much about people, it's not just the negative side. It's also just like the real shit about their life. Because like when I see people in public, sometimes and I've been guilty of this, I'm and I'm a whole lot more so- socially anxious than people give me credit for. But if I see somebody in credit in, in public, and I feel like it would be way too much for me to go out of my way to say what's up to them, if it's not gonna be disrespectful, I'm gonna pass on it. Because what are we gonna talk about? Your baby that I know you have, the wedding that I liked already. The new job, you like, I know all your business. So, like, right. And it's creepy to, to like, let you know that I know all I your know. business. I know. So, like, even really cool like that. When you just Facebook for it. How's the kids doing? I see that you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, so instead, it's just like you being weird. Like, I saw you. I went to whatever, whatever last month. Like, you clocking me now? Like, this is awkward. And now it's just a whole lot of too much. And, we don't know how to navigate. You be overthinking right? shit. I can tell. You be overthinking. Probably. <laughs> Probably. But so, uh, it on social media. Because not only do I know it, I got the Instagram photo version of it. I got the paragraph version of it on Facebook. I got the, like, I just. Yeah, how was dinner last night? I saw that you air fried some asparagus. Was it you and your wife celebrated y'all anniversary? But it's really cool like, because the other we weren't even that like, close in high school. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my God. Like, we, 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 I be looking at certain like, We need to rock. We need to rock. But the other side of it is like it is pretty neat when people can come up and say, "Hey, I've been seeing what you up to," or "I'm excited." I was excited about that, or whatever. Like, so it's neat, but it's just an oversaturation. Like, I feel like it has forced us to skip a step of the beauty of just seeing people at different stages of their lives and having them pull back the layers and tell you what they want you to know. Like maybe they were being really emotional. And for this group of friends, they talked about the tragedy or the loss of the child or the loss of the job or whatever, because they were just using social media as a diary. But in like real life, I didn't really want you to know that part. So I should be able to tell you like (laughs) the light version of that. Like, yeah, my, my dad did pass away. Really sad working through it. Hmm. Thank you so much. Moving on. But you got the long abridged version because of how social media works. It's really weird. It's it's a lot to think about, but I would prefer to opt out of all of it and just do it the old fashioned way. That's me. So I'm a, um, that's interesting. Cause I think, I think that, that, that leads, that leads into, into where, where I ran into, with Meta, uh, because yeah, Toya took that. Toya, yeah, Toya, you gave me a lot to chew on, think about. Yeah, I mean, no, because like, because I, I felt that because I've always thought about it on the flip side, right? And like, just the 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 fact that we are more connected, like humans are more connected now than any time ever in the past. You know what I mean? Like, we we literally do a weekly show from three different cities. You know what I mean? Like, so like that. That's something that nobody like communication age, information age, hyperspeed, all that shit. Whatever science fiction words. <laughs> but where my mind went to is I'm it's like I'm a like I'm a science fiction nerd, so I'm not too surprised by all this. I'm like, oh, the future, here we go. But they were sitting in and he was talking about like trend, like meetings being transitioned from like people like actually coming into places. But actually, people just throw it on their headset and like, cause like VR. We think of VR as like games, like playing video games and doing that type of shit. But like now, he's literally saying you you put on the headset and go to work. Mm-hmm. You meet with people. You have business meetings, that type of shit uh, through Meta. And what and what fucked me up is they were saying that like it would be avatars, like so you would, uh, like you you wouldn't I, we wouldn't come in here like this on camera like Zoom. 
Mm-hmm. We literally like we would walk like we would put on our headsets. We're walking into this meeting and we're seeing each other's avatars. Right. And on one hand, somebody would look at that and 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 like think this transhumanist thought and be like, you know, it's a way that this is transcending race. You feel me? Now we're transcending like identity. <laughs> no, like hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You gotta listen though. You gotta listen. You gotta listen because from trans from the from the concept of transhumanism, because that meta is a shift in transhumanism, a a, a approach to merge the physical with the virtual. Right. You feel me? At, at a degree that we haven't had, mm-hmm. because even even this type of interaction is is an instance of that merger of the of the the physical and the uh and and the virtual. Right. But with this, you feel me? You will have a situation where you could literally be anybody you want to be. Now, y'all hear me out. I play video games, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to be long-winded, but you just got to walk with me, though. I play video games, and a lot of the games I play, you can create your own character. I'm narcissistic as fuck. I'm, every character looks just like me. I don't make, you know what I'm saying, some, whatever. Any character, they're going to have a beard. They're going to have the same haircut. It, you know what I mean? I'm gonna make somebody look like me. But what I've noticed and what I know about like watching other people play games online is that they like especially white people, they make all these different type of motherfuckers. Like they make the fairies, you feel me? They make black women characters. They make like if you if you watch like Grand Theft Auto online, like mm-hmm. it's a lot of these white boys is running around in Grand Theft Auto robbing banks, shooting shit. As 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 black women dressed up in bikinis and doing, you know what I'm saying? Like that's how they that's how they play the games. You transition that to like this this virtual space where again you can now control like like literally control what you look like and how you're represented in these spaces. And again, nah, bro, they, have, they're gonna do it. They're gonna they're gonna do it like a Black Mirror though. They're gonna do it like Black Mirror, make it where you be you, and all you're gonna be able to do is just add accessories to your avatar to make it where you still get to be X, Y, and Z. Yeah, nah, I mean, bro. They they already said you could like they already said. You know what I'm saying? Like you, but I think you, you would create. be hella sus if you're na- if you're Brad from accounting and you pop in here looking like somebody named Keith, like at, at work. And I but I guess. I mean, that's a, depending on if you have diversity measures that would somebody would check you on. Because if you work in spaces that are like all white, but I don't know, that shit would be weird. Like, I think you would be called out for that. Yeah, in like, yeah. Special yeah. meeting, but in participating in other rooms and in other spaces and in more like leisure Yo. entertainment context, that's where I feel like it can be really weird. Hold on. Think about it though. Mm-hmm. We just talked about a story where a judge flat out said, "These dead people, you can't call them victims." We talking about uh, we, we just we talk about a murder story where we where we live in a country, we live in a society where a judge just told the people at the trial that these dead people cannot be called victims. You feel me? When we think about instances of like black people feeling uncomfortable, women feeling uncomfortable, uh, queer, trans, gay people feeling, uh, lesbian people feeling uncomfortable, it, it it's usually a pattern of behavior that's not really taken seriously until there's this big incident. You feel me? It's a lot of shit to get allowed. But what I think what happens to me though is I think this is another this 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 adds like a level of escapism that allows white people to again mystify the conversation of race through this transhumanist game, right? Because it's like if the whole idea is to change our approach, right? Like if the whole idea is to like move away from race. Like that's how people think about it, right? Like we got to stop we got to stop thinking about race. Right. Well, in a world where you got this one white dude who's purple and then this other white dude who's represented by this by this blue alien looking figure is 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 the white man like dressed up like a black woman, like a black mermaid. <laughs> you feel me? Is that <laughs> is that racist? You know what I'm saying? Like in, in, in that I mean, I conversation. I don't I don't I think. I don't know because not all of that. Kevin, is- like Kevin said, we already have digital blackface. True. So there's a lot that you said that I kind of <laughs> trying to find some different entry roads into. Um, I think the first thing that I want to get into because not everybody's 
intention in making, I mean, I, I think that there is a risk of post-raciality, right? The risk that people start thinking that in this world, because I've done this thing, or I'm not a white person, or I'm not embodying whiteness in this way, that I'm doing something meaningful in the context of race. There are also always those people. Um, there are also those people who won't be thinking that hard about it. Um, and we'll just kind of want, and those are the more benign kind of, I just want to be purple. That's my color. I just want to be a, cause that's my shit or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And so when I say benign, I mean like that is, it's, it's less than problematic or whatever. And you get into that. I think the digital black facing is the worst of it and the largest fear of it. Um, and I think that that is going to be kind of the scary. Only area. heightened. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think instead of being concerned about assuming like notions of post-raciality, which is non-unique, everybody already does since slavery was over. People have been thinking we post-racial and shit. Right. So mm -hmm. give them another way to sidestep and circumvent the reality of race. Like, OK, but I think that racial catfishing, that racial racial black facing that will turn into racial catfishing could set the tone for some really tricky and weird shit. Now, you talk about video games. Right. And it's very interesting because while I've never been a gamer, I have always had a majority of dude friends. Um, and I've always we have spent a lot of casual time. I've watched a lot of people make a lot of characters on these games. And outside of the actual eroticism that exists in the process of men. Yes, there is a there is a degree of eroticism that <laughs> allows for you to make your favorite, the perfect player, the perfect wrestler, the perfect football player. I'm sorry. You hate it. It's real. But it's a fact. There's a le there's a level there. There's layers to this shit. Even beyond that, I think the capacity for white people to start to dibble and to dabble in more material and concrete ways, even outside of that game, with shit like skin tones and hair textures and background stories and all types of weird shit, like that's where it's gonna be kind of crazy. Because for example, I think of like uh, um, what's what's the laws in place that um, affirmative action. Right, where if I can ride out, because jobs are going to start hiring through these VR, through these meta spaces. If I can be the black person that they would prefer to hire and then surprise Scooby-Doo, pull the mask off, I'm really this white guy, but I know to meet your diversity metrics, you really wanted the black person, so I had to create a, you know, like, it gets really weird, and that's where we get into the digital catfishing. Well, right. a whole bunch of Rachel Dollars alls on the internet. Got you know what I'm saying? Like, that's where it starts to get weird, because if my whole LinkedIn profile is based on your ability to come in and be a part of the black experience that I curate and create for you, but one that you never have to verify. It, it just, it, it, the slippery slope gets really weird. Slippery right? slope, so, man. I said a lot to say. This shit is getting weird. And some yeah, of it can be harmless the way that it is and the way that, you know, on Twitter, a lot of people say weird ass shit and then you go click on their avatar and it's a fucking cartoon or some shit, right? Yeah. Like, or even now, know, how you doing TikTok now? They're literally, they're, they're spam, they're spam on, or even on, on all social medias, they're spamming your comment section as a black person in it, or as a, as a, as a, as a random person, like, that's not this, hey, white, white woman, stop acting like you a Brandy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And, right, right, and and, and and that's what I was gonna say. And, and then we, before we before we move on to George, uh, and we get into George breakdown, I was, like, uh, I was gonna answer your question by going like transitioning in mind, being like, now nah, I think that I think that the way in which how the virtual world is being kind of like be, being developed, it's only gonna be like created on top of the disparities that we have now. That make you where the haves is gonna be able to take more advantage of having things virtually. And make it where the have not slack even more what we don't understand what you don't have virtually. So I see it as the metal world or just make it where you'll be able to tell who's who based off of, you know what I'm saying now, how we doing now. You feel me? Shit. Now I can hop on any social media platform now and see somebody not from the black community misappropriating black vernacular English. Oh, that, well, that was busting, brother. It's like, what the fuck did you say? So right. I think that, you know, you still be able to see how everybody want to be a nigga until it's time to be a nigga. They might love black culture, but they don't love black people. And it's just like, I, we see that's what's going to happen. You know, I, when I think about this, I mean, the, the futurist, and I just want to say this real quickly, I think the futurist kind of desires of Mark Zuckerberg with Meta um, mean that there could be things in store that we aren't even able to predict or to account for because the goal, the goal is so much to move beyond the bullshit that has been created, the mess that has been created by Facebook and the status quo, and to kind of transcend that without fixing it. I'm interested in the lengths they're willing to go in to truly create a new frontier of what it means to participate in social media. And I mean, the human brain is as limited as it is infinite. So really all we can do is sit and hope that nothing that he does is just as insidious as the stuff that he's been doing up to this point. 
I mean, I think, uh, and, and uh, we do got more of a breakdown of where Meta got its like not got his name from, um, uh, from from some dude that George found on TikTok. We thought it was pretty interesting, but uh, before we get to that, I think what I think what what's being said though is already being identified and how Meta's being uh, marketed and even how it's being introduced. The one thing that that Mark Zuckerberg kept hinting towards was that it's going to be expensive, like the technology. Um, what it means to take advantage of the space early on is going to require a lot of different devices. It's going to require a lot of subscriptions, a lot of memberships, a lot of shit that's going to cost money. He even pointed out that, like, that even though they're going to lose a lot of money in this, in this development, he pointed out that the reason why a lot of that shit is going to be expensive the way it is is because they can't lose that much fucking money. They got to recoup some of that shit. I mean, at this point, Zucks was just up, up front with it. You know what I mean? Like so, it's like already the the way. I mean, he's pointing to how this space is will will pretty much only be available for people who could really afford that shit right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's one of those things to where it's like the, like anybody that's able to like get a foothold and take advantage of what's now essentially we can call it what it is virtual real estate. You know that it's going to be that much more expensive, and by the time they get it to a point where, like, even what he hinted towards was the more a more profitable, more mass produced um, version of it. Again, that's 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 already hinting towards a, a like literally a, a a different experience. You know what I'm saying? Like that mass produced experience, or do you want to like literally cater and create your own world? So, I mean, it, you already seeing from the jump like that that divide exists. What you about to say to you? Well, no, I'm in the comments kind of looking and peeping. Um, just thinking about, first of all, shout out to uh, Miss Maesha for showing love and definitely dropping a donation. Um, yeah, appreciate that, Miss Maesha. Yeah, uh, showing love to the channel and showing love to what we do. We definitely love that. Uh, Baby Oku also dropped a comment I want to look at. Um, it says, how do we indigenize and Africanize uh, digital spaces? So where we're not only giving rich people so much money, but the safety of our people are centered. Uh, they always tend to build things off of our expense. And that's a great question. And I want to ask the question, should we? I think I like that question, but I want to put a twist on it. Should we attempt to indigenize and Africanize digital spaces and make spaces for ourselves to go and use them? Or is this a good time to get off the train? Is this a good time to get off the boat? And as black and brown people really kind of fight for some of our agency to not be trapped in this digital world, digital space, and kind of move away from the internet and these digital spaces all together. So that's the question I'm going to talk to y'all. Hey, wife. Oku was throwing out there. But what y'all think? Man, I think I think it's get ready to get lost. Man, I think it's get ready to get lost. It's time for. I feel like I feel like we really recognizing. Yeah, I feel like we already recognizing that most of the trends and most of the apps that we be on are built off of black trends, black dances, black vocab, black all that. So I think that to me, what it means to Africanize or indigenize the spaces to be able to almost carve out space to be able to, you know, what I'm saying, state claims in kind of this virtual, you feel me, you know, what I'm saying, frontier. You feel me, you know, the colonizers, the white supremacists always, you feel me, been able to go out and carve out shit for themselves. And I think that now we can see that a lot of these white people are, you know, what I mean, trying to now move a lot of their funds and resources. Uh, you know what I'm saying, on the virtual spaces. And I think that because we already know we're going to ultimately be the laborers one way or another of these virtual spaces, I think that we must think about how we can center our well-being around it because we know inevitably, regardless of how it works, we're going to have to be on these spaces. We know that now a lot of a lot of our jobs got pushed into being virtual. You feel me? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, like, so I think that when we think about what it means to do an interview, when we think about what it means to give a resume, when we think about what it means to even clock in in some instances, we got to also think about how a lot of our people are going to be the ones that's happening to go put their labor in on the front rows. You know what I'm saying? So so I feel like we got to automatically, in my mind, be purposeful and intentional thinking about it. And I feel like because the world is already going to be so virtually dependent, the more and more technological dependent, I feel like we might as well go on and start embracing our Afrofuturism as much as possible and trying well, to learn from the past, but also trying to dictate the future. Can I ask some clarification about your answer, though? Because I'm kind of just conclu- confused about how you're concluding. Is then your response that we should be a part of 
spaces like Meta and be represented in those spaces and kind of take up space there so that we don't miss out on the trends? Or is your argument that we should be creating separate indigenized and Africanized spaces? And the reason why I ask is that, you know, we deal with, you know, fan base. We deal with other places that are trying to grow, trying to expand, mm-hmm. but they need that traffic and we got to get there in order to get that power to be competitive, to have that depth. And so I guess my, I just want to clarify, do yeah. you think that we should be leaning into what Meta has to ar- offer and carving out our own spaces there? Or do we need to be indigenizing and Africanizing our own spaces and depending on that to kind of gain its own traction for us to stay connected in the digital world? Like, I think, I think, I think, I think we have to be doing uh, uh, both of those things, just recognizing how business works and recognizing how networking works. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, even if it wasn't in the virtual world, if I had one business over here and I'm trying to build up, you know what I'm saying? Consumers and build up a market over here, I'm gonna have to go over there and do some networking. So in my mind, even right now, you know what I mean? Like right now, I'm literally one of the content board creators of you feel me fan base. But I recognize that even the owner of fan base wants all of us as a part of the board to be trying to cycle, you know what I'm saying, traffic from our other platforms to go over the fan base. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So it's still, you know what I'm saying? I think that a simultaneous thing that has to be going down because we know that ultimately shit, meta meta has billions of dollars that's circulating around the world. We know our grandma, our grandpa, our uncles our aunties our parents is gonna be on there you feel me so it's still recognizing that you know what i mean inevitably still that we over there so my mind is like shit trying to carve out as much space as possible as well as making sure we're dictating the intellectual property dictating the content rights dictating you feel me the revenue splits and being able to recognize you know what i'm saying what's going on with that and i think and see, the earlier you get into it the better it is and see and 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 i think that is inevitably where it fails, specifically for black people. You know what I'm saying? And because ultimately what you have is what and what George is speaking to is the coercion that is capitalism. You know what I'm saying? Like because this is what the new plantation looked like, this is where we're herded off to. You know what I mean? And that and so like because my question is, can it can a digital space be black you know what i mean like for example like we're on youtube we're on facebook right like we we, we say black shit you know what i mean but but because of who controls cyberspace right like who, who controls even even access to be here can it be black can it be fully black because the person that controls the access to it is not black they're not african they're not us <laughs> Like the person that says, I'm cutting off the internet. Or even the people who say how the internet can be broken down and like the, the net neutrality conversation is happening right now. Like there's nothing black influencing any of that. There's nothing African influencing any of the, the conversation of net neutrality at all. So ultimately the problem with the, the, uh, the, the transition to the virtual space, even with the necessity that capitalism creates is that it's 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 more so again a transition of the plantation like how to it, it went from plantations to nine to fives then the nine to five is gonna shift from like the physical labor to the mental labor you know what i'm saying like really from because like because even like george said our labor is going to be used so it might as well be used in a, in, a, in a space where it could be beneficial but again what that speaks to is the space may change but the but like the dynamic is the same though. So yeah. even if we use the labor for that space, it's not it's it's it, it can't be an African space. It can't be a black space. I mean, and then you know we come back. Go ahead, my bad. Go ahead. No, well, no, no. I, I was gonna finish up by just saying that just because like our relationship, like when we talk about Africa and just like the the like what it was, it was like the relate the the physical relationship with the land that that created the the spiritual understanding. Like when you shift that to the virtual, then again, that's that's the the machinations the, the machinations of capitalism. You know I mean? But I'm saying, a, but but I, I interpret the question as Africanized and indigenized as recognizing the space is already not that, and we're trying to make it that. So how so so how I interpret the question is being like right now we're streaming on on Facebook and we're streaming on YouTube. We recognize that ultimately we want to be on these spaces and that we don't own the spaces. Now we have an alternative called fan base that's black owned and black operated, but it doesn't negate how so much really like so much of what it real estate literally, you feel me, is on Facebook and on YouTube and on Instagram. 
know what I'm saying? So in my mind, us recognizing right now, we can talk all the shit we want to talk, but we are on Facebook right now. You see what I'm saying? We in are. My mind, it's like, yeah, we're seeing this new space that's going on. So it's like being able to be, make it where the gatekeepers don't keep us out and make it where, you feel me, Huey or Israel or Zane or, you feel me, shit, whoever come afterwards don't have to worry about all of these different restrictions and regulations to be able to get access into side of the fence because the gatekeepers like, no, 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 no. How they able to do it in all the other industries? Because in my mind, when you was talking, I'm thinking the music industry and thinking of literally, uh, I watched a, a Rick James um, documentary and him talking shit about uh, uh, MTV and how they only played white people and they never played black people. You know what I'm saying? How he was almost, you know what I'm saying? I feel like uh, being healthily pessimistic and being like, they don't want to play none of the nigga shit. This, that, and the other, this, that, and the other. We do all this shit, but they only play white people shit. And they had, you know what I'm saying, went and picked, you feel Michael Jackson, like, we're going to choose the most cleanest black person we can choose. We're going to choose that. And in my mind, it's like, yeah, in 1980, they could not vision hip-hop being the number one genre, you know what I'm saying, in the world. Had they been able to envision it, I think that they would have been able to position themselves differently or thinking about going back to catalogs, the bullshit-ass 360 deals, and a whole bunch of the practices and tactics that we know that's shitty and horrible in the music industry writ large. So we able to right now to have foresight to recognize right now, we see that black people, we are literally the pioneers or a lot of times the energy that's able to fuel these engines. So we can see that now and already start to dictate from a legal financial standpoint to be able to hey, hold on. This our shit. You know what I'm saying? And it's because so, like, I know right now it's consciously, it's like, hey, when you come to me, you better you know them, 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 them all this shit better be lined up. And I think that we all had that mentality when we're going into metaverse or meta, whatever they want to call it. I think that you know what I'm saying, we can have some of that same shit. If we go in thinking like you feel me, Manny Fresh, go in thinking like you know what I'm saying, shit. Uh uh, I feel like I can name a whole bunch of names, but I think I feel like it's about how we going into it. Ain't recognizing that we're gonna be on the space. Regardless, like shit, they gonna like literally they switched it up on November first from Facebook to Meta Facebook on the stocks. That ain't changed shit. We still doing chop up every every week. So I'm just saying, like, we might as well in my mind go there. Like, I get what y'all, I get, I get what y'all saying in terms of philosophy and theory, but in my mind, it's like pragmatically speaking, shit. This, hey, this is the terrain we living in. This is the reality we living in. We ain't going nowhere. You can tell George making a little bit of that social media money. Go ahead, uh, Toya. What you about to say? Get some more of it though. We ain't getting nearly enough. We ain't getting nearly enough. It's the look. We ain't getting enough. Well, one of the things I think about and that I've constantly been thinking about as you all have kind of broken down this section of the conversation is what it means for us to indigenize or Africanize anything because I'm going to go back to my favorite Toya Green argument, which is we are not a monolith. It's very hard to kind of explore what that looks like for people because you do have people you know, individuals who have, you know, sincere and, you know, moderate or meaningful success on these mm-hmm. platforms that see kind of the ability to galvanize conversations, to get tra- traction, to get visibility, to do whatever their mission and goal is on these spaces. Um, but the other side of it is a lot of people don't and won't ever have those experiences, won't never rise to those levels of notoriety or simply passive users of the space. And so kind of figuring out how they fit in those types of spaces and places is always interesting. Um Vance also pointed out that absolutely, and we also had this conversation. I forget that uh, the episode. I think it was "If You Build It, They Will Come" or something like that, where we talked about black social media platforms. I think this is when Clubhouse was taking off. It was was running over to that site, and it was the question was, you know, if black people really made a self-sustained black site, would people would black folk go and support it? Would they choose it over something else? Like, and yeah. I think there's a trade-off there. And I'm not disagreeing with you, George, but I think that the, the, the trade-off is the reason why you're gonna have to do both is because I don't think there's gonna be a world where you get X amount of followers on the table. I mean, let's be honest. I've seen a lot of TikTok creators and users be like, man, F TikTok. I hate TikTok, man. I'm sick of the take. Damn, damn, I want my account back though. All right, let me try to get this account back. Let me try to work on getting it. Create a new account to talk shit about TikTok on TikTok. And so you don't want to walk away from the clout, from the um, notoriety, from what you build, like what you build on that space. And so I think even if there was a secondary space, I don't see there being a whole lot of black folk who are willing to completely abandon one space and go and rally around one space wholeheartedly and completely. And those are for a lot of obvious reasons. And what I was getting at with what Vance said is that fan base is still relying on Apple and Google to function. So until and if they know we're around it, (laughs) just 
blow up everything we know about digital telecommunication and start with companies Literally. from the ground up that are for us by us, then it's gonna be kind of hard to do. But literally, because if Apple I mean, and Google I, decide that it's not going against the you know what I'm saying guidelines, they'll be able to take our fan base, they'll be able to take it off. So it's just recognizing that we're gonna have like, all like you profiles. see what they did to Fortnite. They did Look, that shit to not Fortnite. Fortnite We've seen what they did to uh uh I can't remember the um the, the conservative website. I mean the conservative app they had they, they took down. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they, it, it, it was a few. But 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 it, just a, a quick rebuttal to what George was saying. I think I think the the coercion argument is you can't get past that. But we we got to keep in context what what we doing though, right? On the question of can it be an Africanized space? Can we indigenous? We can't indigenize and we can't Africanize virtual spaces. You know what I'm saying? Primarily because the 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 capitalism that cre- that is at the foundation of what it what it takes to sustain a virtual space. You know what I'm saying? Like the, there's nothing. I mean, literally, even even what makes virtual spaces possible, like literally, shits on. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, like Apple, Google, Microsoft, all being sued by the Congo. You know what I mean? Because they the uh they they are uh benefiting from children mining the resources like the cobalt and shit needed yep. to run their devices to make the digital space possible. So, like literally, the, the found like we can't escape the fact that the foundation of the digital space. You know what I'm saying? Is literally relying upon the same capitalism that not only sparked and, and incentivized the transatlantic slave trade and chattel slavery, but continues to incentivize the same uh, capitalist efforts to maintain shit like the digital space. Yeah, you know and you saying? apply this to the question that you asked earlier about this transhuman bullshit. And it's the reason why it literally goes away completely because you acknowledging that whatever we're building is already built on the current disparities that make it possible, which goes back to what we're talking about right now. And yeah. being like, OK, we recognize in reality right now the Congo is being exported by all these multinational corporations that they literally build multi-trillion dollar you know what I'm saying, empires on their backs. So the question becomes, what would it mean for those individuals for that country to be able to have? A bigger stake in what's being built on their backs already because you acknowledge it's already being built on their backs you know what i'm saying and i think that that's what it to me to means to answer the question being like yeah we are recognizing that there are already space being built that's that's not by us so we occupy space on those particular apps but we also try to make sure we have to occupy and use the functions of apps like fan base because we know that's how those things happen but also make it where we understand now that we have all these different alternative apps that's you know what I'm saying primarily white apps and we don't see them as being you feel me competition to each other we can uh coexist on Instagram Twitter and Facebook so my point is when another black app comes on so let's say like Kelv on stage app pops off or let's say that Derek Grace you know what I'm saying app pops off we don't start to force these crazy you know what I'm saying false notions of competition where we can't be on Kelv on stage apps Fan base app and dead grace app. You feel what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. we on the same app at the same time. But then also recognizing that even for us to download the apps out of his name, we got to go to the Google Play Store or we got to go to the YouTube Play Store. I mean, or, or, or we got to, uh, I, mean, I mean, Apple Play Store. So we still yeah, like, yeah. We're around these white folks. So yeah, to me, indigenizing yeah. is like social, like embracing social life. You know what I'm saying? While having social death or shit fucked up, but I'm going to make lemonade, you know what I'm saying, out of these lemons. In my mind, that's how it is. Yeah, I mean, well, just to you know, to close it out, uh, this this is the the evolution. This is the inevitable transition. Um, this is what's next. I mean, I, like social media, so is already so integrated into our lives. I remember when we first started noticing um, Twitter I mean, being on TV. Started noting Twitter being at the bottom of yeah. uh, ESPN the and the news Twitter. was the first Twitter people Twitter to start embracing like the Twitter ticker. I mean, I mean, and a lot of like journalism just takes place on Twitter now. So it's like it's, it's already so integrated into like our society. Um, this is the inevitable step. And I think we should start thinking about what it means, uh, especially us as as marginalized people, as as people outside of uh, the, the normative mm-hmm. folks. Um, what, what that what, what that means for us. What's the next step? So.
with that being said, uh, that was the social media chop. So you can go ahead and close it out. Hey, uh, it's big love to y'all. Appreciate y'all popping in with us while we talk a little bit about Meta and also talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, definitely a whole lot of other things we wanted to get to, but don't even worry about it because one of the things we will talk about that we've been having on the on ice for y'all for a second is another Black People Don't. Us and uh, homegirl Amber been going back and forth, kind of hitting and missing each other because, you know, protests, a lot of different things happening in other countries, which is where she is. But next Monday, it goes down. Black People Don't travel internationally, right? Or become expats or expatriates, which means you used to live in the United States and you don't do that shit no more. So we're going to talk to somebody who decided to go ahead and take the big leap and get on Ooh, up outside. Picture. Yeah, and um, talk to her about some stuff. But we got a lot of great stuff going on for the rest of the month. So make sure y'all stay with us every week. Definitely appreciate y'all. If you want to uh, peep out some of my content, I finally got the website up. So if you want to go send me some visits, go sit on my website real quick. HigherDefinitionLEC.com. Higher Definition. Like your TV, like your phones, like your devices. Higher Definition LEC. That stands for Leadership and Empowerment Coaching. HigherDefinitionLEC.com. Go check me out. The brand is booming. We're trying to make some moves. Let me come holler at y'all about leadership. Put you on game and get you out of the mindset that leadership is a title or leadership is some type of credential or some type of degree you get or something like that or some type of job you have. No, nah, leadership is a mindset. Leadership is a personality trait. Either you got it or you don't, maybe. Some people, followers. Walking around, just stuff they see, stuff they scroll through, stuff Meta shows them is where they get their direction and their cues from. It ain't a leader-like bone in their body. So if you want to change that up and that's you, I'm talking to you. Uh, go to higherdefinitionlec.com. Come holler at me real quick. Let's talk about higherdefinitionlec.com. Lec.com. Yeah. Uh, and I ain't got no website yet. It's coming. But it's coming. It's on the way. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, so I am offering. Uh, government equity training, you know what I'm saying? Government employees that is available, you know what I'm saying, from the political plug. Uh, for booking right now, hit the DM at the political plug on Instagram. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about the relationship to equity plays and diversity and inclusion because you can't have diversity. People will not feel included if you have not created equitable spaces for people to feel a part of. That's, oh, a, part of, spaces? that's a part of... Uh, yeah. uh, Government's responsibility. Um, but that's for another day. Again, for the booking political plug, government and equity training as IG at the political plug. With that being said, so you hey, we gonna uh consciously don't we gotta talk to you real quick? You Man, everybody know what he got. Uh, if you don't catch a man, catch him on Wednesday night. Wednesday yeah, night. Yeah, man. I took I took I took two week break, but I'll be back tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow night, 9.30 p.m. Um, check them out. He'll make sure to keep you plugged in with all of that. Don't forget, if you got a donation, um, we appreciate the ones that y'all have dropped on here to us, but the womensdebateinstitute.org is another uh, site that y'all can go holler at if you want to look for a good cause this holiday season to kind of contribute to. Great uh, organization, womensdebateinstitute.org. We'll talk more about them next week. I ain't going to bog y'all down with that, but um, in the words of the plug, we're going to end the show the same way. We started the show. We out. Just like she said. Me, my guys, we really lie. Lord, forgive me, pay my ties. Please don't have me reach inside. And that's in a console. Keep the semi when I ride. Little penny when I... With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.